0: Welcome. This is the Life Habits podcast series and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 86 on the topic of profit from the positive, And I am joined by my very special guest today, Margaret Greenberg. Welcome, Margaret
1: thank you for having me
0: carl it's great to have you on and margaret wrote a book together with senia Maiman. and the topic of the book is profit from the positive and the subtitle is proven leadership strategies to boost productivity and transform your business and i thought that was an amazingly relevant topic to our overall podcast series and i first learned about margaret And the book, actually from somebody else that is very well known to this podcast series, Marie-José Char, who had mentioned how wonderful both Margaret and Senia are, and that the topic that they're working on was really, really important. And you know that Marie-José has talked about positive psychology in the past, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here on today's podcast as well. but. She has been focusing on the aspects of sleep, mood, food, and exercise as it relates to positive psychology. And Margaret and Senia focus on the rest, essentially working life and the like. And so it's a fascinating topic that I really look forward to getting into. And just before we get into, you know, that topic as well, you know, Margaret has a background in the corporate world, having worked there for some 15 years. She's also got a bachelor's degree from the University of Hartford, and also had completed as Marie-José had Martin Seligman's program over at the University of Pennsylvania in the program that's called the Master of Applied Positive Psychology. So that's a fascinating program and one that has yielded some amazing people, Margaret being a good example of that. So I'd first wanted to ask you, Margaret, sort of how did you get into this whole Area of focus after you'd spent some time in the corporate world, as I just mentioned, and also how did you meet Senia and go about actually putting this book together, and what really prompted it?
1: It all started back in nineteen what was it, uh, nineteen ninety seven. I started my own practice, my own consulting and in executive coaching practice after fifteen years in the in the corporate world and in human resources. And about five years into my own practice, um, I came across this email one day from Dr. Seligman about this new master's in applied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania. And I read the description and it so spoke to me. I remember my husband was outside in the garden and I ran outside and I said, oh, my gosh, Neil, listen to this. And I started to read the description about the study of what's right. And it just so spoke to me. And at the time, we had uh, one child in college, one in high school, about to go to college. And um, I said, you know, wow, this really speaks to me. And he said, well, apply. And I said, well, what happens if I get in? And he said, don't worry about that. We'll figure that out when it comes. So that was back in 2005. And I got in, I was in the very first class with Senya. Mm -hmm. That's where Senya and I met back in 2005. So we were the first graduating class in 2006. Uh, We know Marie-José. She was in a a year or two after us, but we see her at conferences. We have an annual summit every year at Penn. So we're very uh, dear friends and and colleagues with Marie-José. And about um, a year after we graduated from the program, Senya's out on the west coast of the U.S., coaching startups, high tech companies. I'm on the East Coast here in Connecticut and I coach primarily corporate executives in the financial services arena. And one of the passions that we found out we had, besides positive psychology, was that we both love to bake. And so we promised ourselves when we were at Penn that one of these days we would get together and have like this baking weekend. And we were just too busy when we were in school you know, to, to do that because we were both working. And she came out to Connecticut in, I believe the, it was the winter of 2007. So we've been applying this now with our clients for over a year. And it was over a blueberry pie, Carl, <laughs> that this idea to write a book came to be. And really the reason was we were finding that we were applying these tools to our clients, but we were only touching, you know, a couple dozen people a year in in our work. And we thought, wow, what if we wrote a book and we're able to share what we're learning around positive psychology and in the workplace um, with the world? So that's how it all started and the rest is history. And we signed the deal with McGraw-Hill a little over a year ago.
0: What a fascinating beginning. And you talked about when you read that description of Martin Selgeman's program when it first started out in the first class that they offered. This whole topic of positive psychology, we talked a little bit about before on this overall series also talked about that my own academic background was looking into clinical psychology and into depression kind of research and that's also where martin seligman was focused at that time that i did it as well and then he turned the corner on that and looked at the positive side and really trying to look at all the ways in which people could optimize for positive rather than just eliminating you know some of the negative which is what the focus was prior to his very insightful introduction of what is now called sort of the positive psychology movement, but could you talk a little bit about your perspective of what positive psychology is all about and also very specifically why people in business, people who, you know, are, are working and want to apply good ideas to the work that they do day-to-day, why it's relevant to them. Because thus far, we've talked about, you know, the Marie-José topics of how to improve things like your fitness and all the things that enable you. But I think your book talks about how it can also help in sort of day-to-day business settings as well.
1: Sunny and I like to begin by talking about what it's not. It's not positive thinking. It's also not a whole bunch of smiley faces. It's not um, the glass is half empty or the glass is half full or let's make lemonade out of lemons. That's not what it's about. It's actually the science uh, behind what's going right. So positive psychology researchers study things like optimism, resilience, uh, what makes flourishing teens, uh, what makes happy marriages, what brings people meaning uh, in life. Uh, And in business, we look at positive psychology and study things um, such as what make employees highly engaged, what creates a more positive collaborative work environment, which in turn produces better results. And that's why businesses should care about it, because there is a correlation between positive work environments and highly engaged employees and the actual results that businesses get. So in Profit from the Positive, we write about what is positive psychology? And we share with the reader a metaphor. And that is, Carl, imagine for a moment that you are an architect who designs bridges. Would you study all of the bridges that have withstood the test of time? Or would you study all the bridges that have collapsed? Chances are you would study both. And we're really good at studying the bridges that have collapsed, metaphorically, right? We're really good at studying problems and fixing them. We're really good at studying what's wrong and trying to find solutions. But we're not so good at studying what's going right and applying the same amount of rigor to studying what's going right and what could we learn from that. So in business, think about it. Imagine if we studied that team over in that other department or that region that gets these incredible results every month. What if we spent more time paying attention to what's happening there and trying to diagnose and figure it out rather than always studying the team that's getting the poor results, the, the region that you know, is falling behind in sales? What might we learn by studying what's going right? That's why businesses should care. Um, So, as an example, in my uh, capstone study that I did when I was at Penn, I wanted to see if there was any correlation between optimism, optimistic managers, and the results that their teams produced. And the good news is, yes, there is a correlation, but it was more specific than optimism. And we write about this in Profit from the Positive, Uh, it was really around giving what we call frequent recognition and encouragement. We mm-hmm. saw that managers who actually gave more recognition and encouragement to their employees, rather than focusing on what's wrong, um, they actually achieved a 42% increase in their team's productivity. That's significant. Wow. That should be something that people like listen up because we're always looking for ways to improve productivity. And so we've become very comfortable with studying you know, things around um, Lean Six Sigma and How to Improve Process, right? We're really good at that, but we're not so good at studying the what's going right. There
0: are a lot of people that listen to this podcast series from a variety of different backgrounds. So there are students that are still an undergraduate, let's say, still really the career ahead of them. we have got some other people that are directly working a business today, other people that are retired, and other people who are in a variety of other environments. And These kinds of ideas, and as I read your book, I was enthralled by really the way that you and Senya put this book together in such an engaging way. I mean, you can read any other book. It'll be really dry. Even though it's like a positive topic, it's still hard to get through. Whereas all of your stuff, even your headings are all really catchy stuff that you can remember. And so I got the sense that while we say that this is all for business, I think that a lot of the stuff that you're talking about has direct relevance to people in a variety of environments as well. But can you talk a little bit about the relevance of the ideas that you present here. And also maybe let's get into a little bit more of the substance of maybe some examples of the kinds of things that you might get into in the book as well.
1: Well, the book is actually divided into three parts. And the first part we call it, it's about the leader. And Carl, that doesn't it means whether you're a leader in business Uh, whether you lead a family and manage a a home uh, or you're a student. Those four key mindsets, the productive leader, the resilient leader, the contagious leader, and the strength-based leader, those apply to absolutely anyone. And it was interesting, even though when we were writing the book, we were writing it for business leaders, HR professionals, and, and, and business coaches we have gotten so much feedback from others who have picked it up they've seen it on their spouse's nightstand or their friend told them about it Um, so we were actually quite struck with how much part one does indeed apply uh, to absolutely anybody so to give an example in the productive leader chapter we always begin by sharing what's not working and that doesn't sound very positive right (laughs) Uh, right why what's not working but It's really our our business case for why we should try something else. So one of the things we know around productivity is that multitasking actually makes people less productive. We think that if, you know, we're working on a presentation, you know, and then all of a sudden you get an email and it pings and you answer it, and then you go back to your presentation and you work on it a little bit more, Carl, and then you get a text from your, you know, golf buddy, and you answer that, and then you go back to your presentation, and then you know the phone might ring and you pick it up. Well, what researchers have found is that when we get interrupted, we Sonia and I like to call it flip-flop costs, it actually impacts our productivity upwards to 40% we lose by multitasking. It doesn't make us more productive. We only think it does, but the research says it doesn't. So, we offer a number of uh, tools. There's a total of 31 tools in Profit from the Positive, all very practical. All have been tested in businesses, large and small. And the four tools that are in the productive leader chapter are set habits, not just goals. And I know your program is a lot about habits. And, you know, goals are wonderful, but how you achieve goals is to really create daily habits same time same place you're twice as likely to accomplish whatever it is you've set out to do if you decide up front where and when you're going to do it so that's one tool in in the productive leader that applies to absolutely anybody another is trick yourself into getting started so some of us are you know chronic procrastinators right and sometimes we can't get out of our own way so we actually have to trick ourselves into getting started And one of the things that um, I personally did in writing uh, this book with Senya was every Friday, my habit was every Friday from 7.30 to 11.30, I worked on the book. I I might be doing a piece of research. I might be editing something that Senya sent me. I might be creating a, a new piece, whatever it might be. But I would write her an email every Friday on what I had accomplished. But the interesting thing was, I didn't write the email at 1130. I wrote the email at 730. I tricked myself into thinking I'd already started. I imagined I'd already accomplished what I accomplished and I would type it up and put it in my draft file and then I went about and did my work. And then I hit the send button when I finished. So I tricked myself. So that's another tool uh, in that in that chapter. And then the third tool is work less to accomplish more. And it's about the importance of unplugging. And you know today we're so plugged uh, into a technology that we often don't give ourselves a rest. So we have some research around that. So uh, those are the those are some of the tools in the productive leader chapter. And the last one is uh, just plan it versus just do it. And we all know that Nike slogan, right? Just do it, but again, We will be much more productive if we spend just 10 minutes a day planning our work. And we have the research behind it.
0: We use that slogan often on this uh, podcast series, (laughs) Margaret. So everybody that listens to this is quite familiar with it beyond the Nike use of it as well. So you talked a bunch about the really good examples of of some tools that are in the sort of leadership part of of the book. I know there's also a team sort of part of the book. Can you talk a little bit about that aspect?
1: The second part of the book is we call it It's About the Team. And we begin with the leader, of course, because we really don't believe you can lead others until you can lead yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's why we start with those four mindsets in the first part. In the second part of the book, that came from our clients, actually. When we first set out to write this book, Carl, we canvassed about two dozen of our you know, business clients and asked them what their most burning questions were. Not around positive psychology, but around running their business. Mm -hmm. And we got things back, and we themed the data. And some of the things we got back were, uh, gosh, we spent an awful lot of time in meetings, and they're so dreadful, and we waste so much time. Gosh, what could you tell us from positive psychology around running meetings? So there's a chapter around uh, meetings. Another was, um, you know, how can we really hire great people? and make sure that we're making really solid hires. So again, we devote a whole uh, chapter to uh, hiring, the fitness test we call it. In fact, um, one of the companies we profile is Google. And Google actually has a term uh, for these employees that they call themselves googly. Mm -hmm. You pass kind of their googly test, meaning are you really smart, creative, Great problem solver, fun to fun to work with. That's what they consider googly. Now, those are things that um, would necessarily show up on someone's resume, right? Right, right. But you can interview for those things by asking the right questions. So, as an example, uh, initiative might be really important in the particular job you're hiring for. Someone that really takes initiative and steps out of the box. Now. You wouldn't want to ask, so tell me, what would you do to demonstrate initiative? No, because we can fake that. But what we can ask is, so tell me about a time in your career where you really had to demonstrate initiative. Tell me about that. And what did you do? So when we begin to hire for what's not on the resume, that's when we're going to get a really good fit. So hiring was a big, big topic we heard from our clients. Another was around engaging employees we are often asked by our clients you know how can i you know get the most out of my employees and carl i don't know about you but to us that just conjures up this image of sucking every last bit of energy out of an employee right i want to get the most out of them until they're like a you know just a dish rag. Mm -hmm. well we say no you're really asking the wrong question the question you should be asking is how can I bring out the best in my employees. And what we know from positive psychology research is that when people have an opportunity to use their strengths every day, when they are recognized for their performance and the value they bring, they are more engaged. And they do, you will get the most, but it's a very different, it's a shift in how we think. So that we devote a whole nother chapter to engaging employees and then, uh, lastly, one of the things that came up when we can- canvassed our clients were performance reviews. Mm-hmm. So you've been in business many years. Most of us dread the annual or semi-annual performance review. In that chapter, we actually call it performance reviews, change them or chuck them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they're not working today. So we, again, give some research around that and offer up you know three different tools that managers can use to make the performance review more of an energizing experience so that people will want to go out and, and really work hard.
0: One of the things that I really like about the overall positive psychology movement is that it's not only that it's focusing on the positive, like you said, it's it, it be similar to the whole bit about just uh, taking a positive perspective, which in itself is worth something. But what I think is most significant is the focus of doing actual rigorous research in actually backing up everything that is being done, but yet at the same time, not pushing that in people's faces. It's really communicating. And I found the book did that really well of saying, this is the essence of what you need to take away. And here's actually in a very, really engaging way to understand it, even remember it. But also, by the way, here's the deeper insight from a lot of research that was done in this area as well. So I thought that was a really positive aspect of it. In your experience with people that have read the book, and and I know you've got a Facebook page, there's a bunch of discussion that goes on there as well. What do readers or people that experience what you're communicating to them, what is the most surprising to them that may be different from the way that they may have seen it before? I mean, you gave one example earlier of this notion of actually focusing on you know positive aspects uh, as a leader and that that itself can increase productivity significantly and the like give us another example or two of things that people are kind of really surprised by and changes their whole thinking and their whole mindset about this topic
1: i think i'll uh, focus in on the contagious leader uh in that particular chapter we talk about how you know, positive and negative emotions are are part of life. We're not saying you should always be in a great mood, right? I mean, we're human beings, and so there's times where we're not in such a great mood or we're upset about something that happened at work or something at home. Um, But what people are surprised about is how contagious our emotions are, both positive and negative. Whether you're, again, um, someone that manages a home or, or someone that manages people at work, How you show up every day really matters. So, you know, from the moment you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed, think about what is it that you're projecting? Because germs and colds aren't the only things we catch. We catch people's emotions. And what the research has shown is that negative emotions actually shut down people's creativity. So, I mean, have you ever tried to brainstorm with somebody that's in a lousy mood. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can't be done, right? They're, they're just so closed. Uh, and positive motions actually open up possibilities. We quote uh, Cindy Bigelow, who's the president of Bigelow T, and she says, you know, leaders don't have the luxury of a negative mood, meaning it can impact people's performance. It can actually prevent people from doing their work because they're so concerned with kind of the mood you're in. And so we offer up a number of tools to how to get yourself out of a bad mood. So things like embodiment, which is how you actually stand and position yourself. Uh, Things like taking a walk, you know, and kind of blowing off some steam that way. You know, just getting up and moving. So there's a number of other tools. But that's been really surprising for people, how much of an impact their mood has on others. So I'll give an example Um, I remember when my kids were young and I would come home from from work and they would be sitting on the couch, you know, watching TV and the first thing out of my mouth was, oh, I can't believe there's dishes in the sink and you've been sitting around all afternoon and you still haven't cleaned up the dishes. Well, those were the first words out of my mouth when I walked in the door. And it was, right? I mean, so right away I'm creating this kind of negative space. Uh, and can really impact a family, and can also impact um, the workplace. So that's been really surprising.
0: And that's amazingly powerful. And one of the most recent podcast episodes was on happiness and how to uh, increase positive emotion. And one of the new social networks we actually talked about is called Happier, happier Happier.com, that is all about sharing just positives. There's an amazing set of research, some of which is stuff that you quote and uh, uh, some additional work as well that is sort of the insight that we're all getting, I think, in these various related fields saying, my God, you know, (laughs) this is an amazingly powerful thing we're dealing with here. And so our sense of what we wanted to do in today's episode was really to kind of survey the broad topic areas that you cover in looking at the positive psychology approach to things that have to do with your regular day-to-day work, in addition to the kinds of things that we've been doing with Marie José on the series as well. And we talked about, you know, potentially doing drill downs like we did with Marie José as well. And we could dig into some of the topics that we've just introduced here in subsequent episodes as well, with perhaps yourself as well as with your co author Senia. But I wanted to ask before we finished up today, how people can get a hold of your your book Uh, And I've also I mean, I read the Kindle version of the book, and I'm delighted that it's in that digital format. And I also just heard you say that you've also got it now available in a format that I know people that listen to podcasts and that listen to this podcast will really appreciate that it's also available in an audio form now as well. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about how to get a hold of the book and also how to get a hold of you and your company in terms of any other kinds of interest that people may have in contacting you more broadly.
1: Well, the book is uh, available on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, uh, in bookstores in all English-speaking countries. Um, We just got a post on our Facebook page by the same name, Profit from the Positive. Uh, Facebook page um, that we get photos people send in photos of themselves with the book and one just came in uh, yesterday with somebody in Singapore um, saw it in Dubai and um, you know it's in the UK it's it's so it's spreading around around the world in English-speaking countries right now and we're in the works um, with our foreign agent on other other countries as well the other thing is um, we have a website profit from the dot-com And on the website, there are a number of free tools that people could just download that come right from the book. So we encourage you to go there, um, some worksheets, some assessments that you can take um, that are available at ProfitFromThePositive.com. We also have a section on the website where people can tell us their PFTP story. Their own personal profit from the positive story. And Carl, it's just been such a delight to read the stories that people have submitted on how they're using free as an example. Frequent recognition and encouragement. Uh, Someone posted a story a few months back called a moderate to severe humming after she read the Contagious Leader chapter. I won't tell you anymore, but you can go on and read it, and it's just a delightful story. And then also on the website, uh, Senya and I um, will answer any of your questions. We call it Dear Prophet. You submit a question and we answer it, and you'll, you'll see a number of our, our posts there. Uh, more recently, the publishers of Success Magazine also just started up, kind of to your point about happiness, uh, they just started a new magazine, the first issue came out in December, called Live Happy. So livehappy.com is the online version, but there's actually a, a magazine, a hardcover or softcover magazine. And uh, this past month, Gretchen Rubin uh, was on the, the cover, mm-hmm. you know, Gretchen. And uh, we, Senya and I, are the positive business columnists. We write once a month uh, for them, again, applying positive psychology to business. Uh, this month, uh, Shane Lopez, who does a lot of research around hope, uh, is featured. So it's about life. We just focus in on the business side of life, which we spend a lot of our waking hours at work. So it, that is a rich area to to study and, and provide you know alternatives for people on how to how to really flourish uh, in their in their work life. So there's the website. There's our Facebook page. Love a picture of you, Carl, uh, with the book.
0: I'll hold up my iPhone and iPad. <laughs>
1: okay, great, great. What else? Um, Twitter. We have a um, um, profit book is our, our Twitter account. You can reach us uh, that way. Uh, and then, of course, you can uh, reach us through the website. Um, you know, contact us, profitfromthepositive.com. Uh, uh, either Senor or myself would love to hear from you.
0: Fantastic. And I want to congratulate you, Margaret, and Senia for two things. One is the book itself. I, I was, like I said, really impressed by it. And secondly, also just to have taken on applying positive psychology to such a core aspect, as you mentioned a minute ago, of what we do every day, you know, and that it is so critical to the ways in which we deal with our colleagues, the way that we lead, the way that we sell, the way that we interact on a day-to-day basis with people that we spend, you know, the most time with, really, and that is our colleagues at work, whatever, or if you're at school, your fellow students and the like. So, I think a lot of what's in this book is directly relevant to all of those areas of life. And as we talked about earlier, this is sort of the a survey of a variety of the topics thus far. And I think we'll probably do some drill down topics in the future on this as well. And so I wanted to thank you, Margaret, for being my guest for today.
1: Thank you, Carl. And we would love to come back, Senya or myself, and, and go a little bit deeper on on one of those topics. We'd be happy to do that.
0: I very much look forward to it, and I'm sure the listeners will as well. And I wanted to thank everybody that's also listening today on this topic. And this is then the end of this particular episode, and we'll talk to you all next time. And bye for now.